0: Well, good afternoon. Welcome along to The Pastor's Heart and a special edition of The Pastor's Heart this afternoon, an extra edition. Dominic Steele is my name. Uh, we're thinking about religious freedom and we've put on this special episode because religious freedom has been dominating the news in Australia the last few days. Michael Callahan is with us. Uh, he is the Executive Director of Freedom for Faith uh, and Michael, um, we've got people watching and listening to us from across Australia, but also Christians around the world. And so I just want to firstly, before we get into the controversy that we've had in Australia this week, just do some of the background. And I suppose you've got to go back to the same-sex marriage debate late last year. Mm-hmm. Um, for, for those who don't know, um, there was a debate in Australia, a, a plebiscite uh, and then same-sex marriage was made law in Australia. And then in the wake of that, the Turnbull government decided to have an inquiry
1: or a, a report on religious freedom. Just give us the background there. Yeah, in advance of the vote, they signalled an intention to um, park, really, the religious freedom questions. I said people are having a debate around religious freedom. Let's figure out the marriage question and then look at religious freedom. That inquiry was then uh, set up, a panel of legal experts to do that, led by Philip Ruddock, mm-hmm. former Attorney-General. The terms of reference are really good. So it's much broader than just LGBT issues and, and marriage. It's actually a far-reaching look at Commonwealth law, state law. How does it work in Australia? Like, is is religious freedom adequately protected? Are there real concerns there or not?
0: Now, I remember they were calling for submissions yeah. over quite a short period of time, over the Christmas period, and then there was an extension of a month or so, but then pretty much the report was got back to the government in May, mm. and then there's been nothing for four months. Um, or probably there's been lots of stuff behind the scenes, but in terms of the public, there's been nothing.
1: <laughs> we, we have been working on this every day since I think December fifteenth last year, right? <laughs> <laughs> and as, as have others. But uh, yes, yeah, so a pretty tight time frame to put something in. But even with that, sixteen and a half thousand public submissions came in. That's an extraordinary number. It's off the charts. Yeah. Uh
0: huh. Yeah. Which shows a lot of people are engaged in the issue. Mm-hmm. Do, do you have a sense of um, how many from we want more religious yeah. freedom? How many we want less religious freedom?
1: Yeah. Well, look, it, it wasn't a, a and then a I guess a...
0: different kinds of submissions. Mm. Some are just individuals. Some are representing constituencies. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah, and it wasn't a vote to kind of say how many are on this side or, or, or that, although I'd love to actually um, engage someone to, to properly go through because I think it would be a fascinating bit of research. Mm-hmm. Here are 16,500 opinions about the place of religion in Australia. Mm-hmm. That's a really important bit of data I would yeah. have thought to get to. Um, but my general sense, having read you know a few hundred, uh, is that overwhelmingly you've got people... Um, Of goodwill putting Mm -hmm. them in, so they're not really angry and hostile Um, and the majority of them would be Christian submissions Mm -hmm. coming in Uh, mostly one page Mm -hmm. uh, something like that, saying look, this is a good thing, we're concerned about this a lot connecting to marriage, but many going well beyond it, and then And then there's the kind of the kind of professional agitators uh, who are are putting in people uh, like
0: yourself, really, like like ourselves.
1: (laughs) Well, who who you know our our submission came in at 108 pages, and Mm -hmm. it was really recognizing that they had a short period of time to think through a very complex and contested area. We wanted just to help. Mm -hmm. With that and to say, look, here's some thinking. Not to say, you know, this is exactly what you should recommend, but to say, look, here's the broad directions that pick up the concerns of people of faith Mm -hmm. uh, in the country and that are good for all Australian citizens. Mm -hmm.
0: Now, um, the report was leaked a few days ago. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, it's, It's kind of come out in quite a messy way rather than I'm imagining the government wanted to well, I've read that the government wanted to release the report when it had worked out its response, but um, it's come out in a bit of a more higgledy-piggledy way.
1: Yeah, I mean the the recommendations of the mm. report have come out. We haven't yet seen the full report, mm-hmm. although more may come. But that's the nature of leaks. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just a fact of political life. They need to they need to deal with uh, certainly the the question. I mean, the, from Media Watch. Uh, this week to the uh, Anglican Archbishop's presidential address you've seen you know significant critiques of uh, the way Fairfax handled that story Mm -hmm. and whether in fact it was Beaten up to make, uh, you know, non issues uh, headlines. Well, what do you mean by that? Oh, front page of uh, Herald is, you know, schools intent on banning gay kids. There's not in any of the submissions. There's no practice of that happening. There's no evidence of that at all. And yet, let, let's find the most controversial thing that could possibly be implied out of the recommendations and, and splash it across the headline as something that was just a, a. It's just not happening. Okay,
0: Let's just look at the wording of Recommendation 7 and get you to just explain that for us then, because that's really the controversial wording there, you know? Um,
1: Yeah, I mean, we can try. I mean, I think part... And happy for you to mm -hmm. start us on that. How far we'll go, we'll see.
0: Sure. We've put it up on the screen here. And so um, the Commonwealth should amend the Sex Discrimination Act to provide that religious schools may discriminate in relation to students on the basis of sexual orientation, gender identity or relationship status, provided that the discrimination is founded in the precepts of the religion, the school has a publicly available policy outlining its position in relation to the matter, the school provides a copy of the policy in writing to prospective students and their parents at the time of enrolment and to existing students and their parents at any time the policy is updated, and the school has regard to the best interests of the child as the primary consideration in its conduct.
1: Do you just want to kind of what's meant by that? Well, it's important to say this isn't uh, draft legislation. Mm-hmm. So, this is a recommendation. Here's what we think you should do, and then it's the question of we're still waiting to see what the government says, mm-hmm. and then we're still waiting to see what the legislation might say. Uh, so, in as much as we can talk about a, a leaked report at all, I mean, I, I think what it does is, is it's kind of a restatement of the 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 current law and and the law is complicated because you've got Commonwealth and state levels of um, uh, anti discrimination law Uh, but what you have there is the existing law and a recommendation that you know the best interest of the child be explicit which isn't there at the moment and that there be you know policy of disclosure and transparency around it which I think is a very significant thing in an anti discrimination space like schools will have to think quite carefully about uh, going out publicly on that and where they stand. But the schools very clearly have said all week, uh, this is, we, we don't do this, we don't expel gay kids. Mm. It's just, it's not happening. We, we're not interested in laws that would let us do that. So I heard
0: Archbishop Glenn Davies mm. in the Synod of the Anglican Church of Sydney on Monday night and he was quite clear that Anglican, I think he said, let's be completely clear Anglican schools in Sydney do not do this.
1: Yeah. Yep, Catholics have come out and said the same and, you know, it's, it's just not the case. That so, this is happening. So why is the recommendation there at all? Uh, because, well, what yeah. they're doing is they're, is they're surveying the law, mm-hmm. which is on the books. And so what they've done is they've looked at the law and the law would allow some of those things, even if it's not done in practice. If it's there on the books, then they're, they're looking at it and saying, do you need this law or not? Mm-hmm. And, and so... There are other examples of that, where uh, you know the law on on uh, blasphemy. Say, mm-hmm. let's get rid of the law on blasphemy. It's on the books, but no one's been prosecuted since the eighteen nineties, I think it is. Mm-hmm. And uh, we we don't need it. Church leaders have said they, they don't need it. They're not interested. So it, you know they will look at laws uh, like that, um, but you're not going to find blasphemy on the on the front page of Fairfax. Mm. But, look, for me, the the disappointment is that this is... Religious freedom really goes to the heart of the ability of Australians to live together well with different beliefs. And that's something which is substantial and and, uh, significant and is, you know, the thing about your audience who's listening here. That's really important, Mm. you know. And, And for it to be distracted and for religious freedom only to be seen through this prism of LGBT, it's very disappointing. Like we need to think about how those different rights relate. We need to have better conversations uh, around it. But this is not going to help that happen.
0: Mm. It this feels like it's suddenly got almost
1: hysterical. Perhaps because of the Wentworth by-election. It's a beat up. Well, I, I don't want to speculate on on Wentworth. Who knows? And who knows who motivated this and what the uh, motivation is? But yeah, it, it is what it is. Can I ask what you made of Tanya
0: Plibersek's tweet? where she was quite strong on this issue um,
1: on Monday. Uh, look, I haven't been following her uh, Twitter feed closely enough to, mm-hmm. to kind of comment on that particularly, but I, I think the the critical issue in the, in the conversation that's happened over the, this week really has been um, uh, the issue of schools' rights around employment and whether or, mm-hmm. or not schools are going to be able to engage... Uh, people that are supportive of the faith or hold the faith, and uh, for a distracting conversation on students that was really irrelevant, to then be kind of segued into a very significant conversation about employment and teachers is—you is, know—those two should not have happened in the same sentence. Like they're, mm-hmm. they're different issues, which are being dealt with there. And I think, I understand the the frustration that the AOP must feel in that they haven't seen the report and we've been waiting and waiting and waiting, Um, but it would be great to actually have the report out and for us to be able to sit down and say, what are are not just the leaked recommendations, but what's the thinking of the expert panel behind Mm -hmm. it? And then what is the government response? Where do they want to go on this? And for us to have a, a kind of mature conversation that, wasn't done on the run in the news cycle uh, Mm -hmm. on such significant things because of the amount I mean as soon as those comments started coming out on teachers yesterday my, my phone just started running hot and and you know not just us like there's a depth of concern out there about schools which I think um many in the media and the political class may have just um misunderstood misread like uh that there's a there's a significant depth of concern here, and that these concerns are pretty reasonable once you see the potential impact of some of these changes. Mm.
0: What are some of the other big issues? You've talked about um, uh, teachers. You've talked about blasphemy. What are some of the other issues in the uh, in the report?
1: Oh, look. Uh, if the recommendations are right and and you know true, and we we think they are, then it's it's you know it's fairly far reaching. It it does go uh, to a number of things. Um, the, the schools, though, I think rightly is kind of one of the biggest uh, you know, concerns. It's, it's understandable that that's, that that's been picked up so quickly. And in some ways it's emblematic of the rest like, because it goes to that question about who decides the values that mm-hmm. we live by mm-hmm. and uh, what, what are the laws going to be around that and what's going to be the ability of parents to uh, see their kids raised in the faith. You know, mm-hmm. I think that's...
0: And you're whether it's the Christian faith or a Muslim faith absolutely. or a, yeah. a high faith or
1: yeah. whatever. Yeah, and even more so probably for some of the minority faiths where the school becomes very much the the custodian uh, of the, a lot of the traditions, you know, that, mm-hmm. that this is the place where we send our Sikh kids in order to... Have um, uh, you know an exposure to the culture, or another school where it'll be an exposure to the language, or the or the sacred texts, and so mm-hmm. on. Like it becomes a very part important part of the um, community life together. That you know that our kids are sent to the Jewish school is you know part and parcel of what it means to be um, holding the faith mm-hmm. uh, for twenty first century Jews in Australia. Not mm-hmm. all, but many. You know. What happens from here on in?
0: So you're involved in talks, I'm imagining, with both sides of politics at the yeah. moment. Um,
1: what what are yeah. those conversations? Yeah. Uh, I'm not going to tell you that. <laughs> uh, certainly, go on. No, no, no. I mean, I, I, we have confidences which we need to respect, uh, but we but we're definitely bipartisan, right? Mm-hmm. And so we, we we we're trying to offer the best thinking and concerns to to, to both sides, so they can think well and serve you know, the whole nation. Mm -hmm. Um, Where does it go? It could go 12 different ways before the next election. Mm -hmm. And we need to be nimble enough to just keep speaking and nudging and stuff where we can. So that's kind of our voice into Canberra. Mm -hmm. Uh, So there's good conversations there and there's people of goodwill on on both sides that are are looking at this. Mm -hmm. Um, But we also have a conversation to the church. I think there's a part of it today, Mm -hmm. which is to say, look, if these are things which... You know the 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 local church is concerned about, then it should be praying. Mm. You know, it should be teaching on this. It should be thinking through this. It should be resourcing its members. It Mm -hmm. should be thinking through what are the implications for um, uh, the the ministry we do. Like Mm. if that's built on platforms which are now vulnerable, Mm. uh, which which may not be there if freedoms are chipped away, then um, how do we respond to that? So what
0: are you calling on church leaders to do, ministers who are watching or listening to us now?
1: Oh, look, I think we're not actually calling for a new thing. I think what we're saying is the church needs to be the church. And if it is, then it's going to pray. Um, 1 Timothy 2 will pray mm-hmm. for leaders um, that we might be able to live quiet and godly lives. You know, and get
0: that, on with the business of proclaiming Christ. Yes. unrestricted. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: And and right from Pentecost, you've seen that that's been an issue. There's pressure to always, um, you know, don't speak that name. Go back upstairs. You know, don't go out into the public and do this thing anymore. Uh, And Christians at that point are always going to dissent. Now, there's got to be wisdom about when to dissent and so on. But if you are um, following Christ, then there's going to be times when There is pressure and Mm -hmm. there is conflict. And so um, pastors are going to have to teach their people about when that moment is Mm. and and how it is that they respond. And we've got 2,000 years of, you know, practice and legacy to draw on. Um, And and how is it that we love our neighbour and how is it that we're public in the way that we live out the faith and not just play by secular rules? Um, not just for schools, that's an mm-hmm. obvious issue, and we've seen that in the news cycle, but for churches as well, not to just play by secular rules and say, oh, sure, you can have all those gospel convictions as long as it's on a Sunday morning you know, here in Annandale mm-hmm. uh, or a Wednesday night in your home group. Mm-hmm. Like, but to say, no, actually, it, it affects, my, my faith comes with me into the workplace, into mm-hmm. the school, and you know, I, I live alongside people with other beliefs. And how does that interaction work? Um, Now, um, they're really important conversations to have. And in many ways, although a lot of the noise and sound takes place in terms of the the media cycle and that debate, and I know your own history there, like a lot of the action in terms of religious freedom is actually in terms of how Christians want to actually live it out. So it's one thing to have a freedom, it's another to exercise it. Mm -hmm. So an example would be, Uh, scripture in schools Mm -hmm. where New South Wales we have got wonderful freedoms and yet every year we struggle to find scripture teachers Mm. you know um, uh, we have freedoms at the moment and we need to think carefully about how we exercise those freedoms and you know make the most of um, following Christ in the situation we're Mm. in Mm.
0: how do you I'm I'm just thinking now on the pastor's heart Mm -hmm. um, and your own heart I mean you're a pastor, but you're also involved in this advocacy and these conversations. Um, I'm conflict-averse. How do you manage your own heart in the rough and tumble of all of this?
1: Uh, I'm always... The, the funny thing is whenever we've gone through a really difficult few days yeah. and things have been have been tough, uh, in God's kindness, uh, he's kind of sent people the following few days who've said, I've been praying for you Mm -hmm. or, you know, uh, these things have been happening. And so to be conscious that actually, you know, we're not in this alone and that um, people are praying and that this is just, you know, a a way of of serving. That's been helpful. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, And I think, too, it's been great for me. Like I've always had a kind of... um, a bent and an interest in, like, uh, thinking theologically about politics Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. But to be able to do it in this setting is really great because you realise that, in fact, there's a lot of um, people of of goodwill, I'll say it again, uh, who've come before us Mm -hmm. and who've thought through some of these issues. And so we, we can't just be kind of nostalgic about that past, but we can also hear some great wisdom that says, look, you know, Fear is not a Christian way mm. of thinking. You know mm. that that yeah we're in we're in changing times, but we're always the people of hope. Mm. You know, and and what we do now and the way we speak can actually be a genuine blessing to mm. not just the church but to the whole culture who struggles with thinking through how do you deal with differences? Mm. You know how how do we, how do, we do that?
0: Uh, I've just read the um uh, the book by the um the Australians. Uh, um, foreign editor um, Greg Sheridan, Greg Sheridan yeah. on God is good mm-hmm. for you. Uh, he made the point there that although there are fewer Christians in the media than in the general politician uh, in the general pop- population, there are more uh, Christians in federal parliament or people of faith in federal parliament percentage-wise than the general population. I take it then, uh, or has it been the case that the reception that you've got from within the walls of Parliament House? has actually been reasonably positive.
1: Uh, yeah, sure. Look, I, I think... Um, and, and that's not just limited to those of faith either. Mm-hmm. I think there are, there are people um, who who don't hold the faith themselves uh, who say, we want something better. We actually want to find good ways to... to they say uh, this
0: is an Im- People who don't have faith say that the principle of freedom of religion... Is an important principle to be maintained. Some, yeah. Right.
1: I mean, it's it's one of those things. Where it's impossible just to paint black and white. Like yeah. you know, we've all got our agendas that yeah. that, that, that we bring. But uh, look, I think often people are more willing to listen than sometimes we are to speak. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes uh, politicians are rightly frustrated that uh, they're only approached after things come to a vote you yeah. know, and, and uh, then people are angry yeah. and it's the one conscience issue of the year. One of the things I'll always remember is a comment made by um, Brendan Nelson who's now running the War Memorial but when he mm-hmm. was a local member he said that um, the most significant letter he, he got was one that came from a Christian who just sent him an email that just said I'm just praying for you Mm-hmm. And he had a huge, he said he had this huge list of uh, mail to get through, which mm-hmm. is reading at the end of a long, long session in Parliament. And uh, it was the only one that didn't ask for something, mm-hmm. you know, and, and didn't come with an agenda. Mm-hmm. And so for churches to pray mm. for their local members is really significant. Mm. And not to necessarily connect that with, a, with an agenda or an ask, but to do the thing that we're called to do, mm. to pray. Mm. Uh, knowing that God appoints rulers and um, calls on them to uh, judge wisely mm. and to rule well and for us to um, support them in that.
0: Mm. Michael Callahan, thanks for talking to us. Sure. <laughs> thanks. Thanks. Michael callahan has yeah. been my guest uh, on The Pastors Heart this afternoon and uh, it's great that you've been able to join us uh, for this program and uh, we'll look forward to being back with you at our regular time of uh, Tuesday afternoon at 2 o'clock next week.